Hey out there, everybody, and welcome to Caffeination 522. This is the 522nd edition here at the Caffeination Podcast. You can find this and all of the other episodic friends that it has made along its way over at www.caffination.com. That is caffeination.com, in case you couldn't have figured that out. We are the high-octane world of caffeine culture and technology news. This is your one-stop shop for everything that makes you uh, shiver and all the things that go beep in the night. Uh, We have a lot of fun stuff stuff to talk about today, except I am flying solo, uh, unlike usual episodes where I have my wonderful co-host Steve, where you can get in touch with him, you can send him abusive emails and all the other fun stuff at steve at caffeination.com. Uh, you can send me, Paul, emails at paul at caffeination.com or a general email to caffeination at gmail.com, just overall. Uh, unlike normal shows where Steve's sitting right next to me, we have the uh, stereotypical Steve stand-in, which is uh, Larry the uh, Garden Gargoyle. Uh, Larry's damaged, so he damaged goods, so he's actually staying inside. So he's now the podcasting layer gargoyle. Uh, but uh, he is uh, rocking his uh, Phillies hat. He's uh, ready to go. Spring training is well underway. They had their first exhibition today when uh, the Phillies actually won. So that's a really cool, good thing to to have going. It's a sign of spring. So uh, we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about on the uh, the the uh, regular episode here. Uh, this is the Leap Show because this is actually airing and uh, being recorded live to hard drive and live to whoever ends up showing up in the chat room uh, on uh, February 29th, 2012. So the world's supposed to end this year. That should be kind of fun. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that I think we're we're in the clear for that one. Uh, there's a lot of other fun things that are supposed to happen this year, but uh, it's also happened to be a leap year. Every five or every four years, rather, the uh, quarter of a day that uh, made the Gregorian calendar actually start to shift actually, uh, you know, gets taken into account. So that's what we're having here for the leap day. But, uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of fun things that happen. Some th- people gave gave away some fun stuff today. I know that um I know one place uh, uh, over at uh, Adagio Teas, they were actually giving away, it, they called it Leap Tea, so you were you were getting a, a free sample along with something. I know uh, there I think Subway was giving out cookies. I didn't get anything free today. I had a lot of extra stuff that had to get taken care of and work. So uh, my geeky this week, which we're going to get to in a couple seconds, is virtually non-existent. I am incredibly caffeinated. We have the dog down on the lair, so there's a lot of uh, fun noises that are going to go on in the background. But if you're watching the video version of this, which hopefully will get put out, you're going to see the kind of ridiculous attire that that I am uh, surrounding myself with. We have uh, the French press in front of Larry here. Larry's rocking his little uh, fedora cocked to the side. I have my wonderful and uh, ergonomically uh, appealing uh, Treasure Island mug circa 1992. So that is uh, Treasure Island, not the uh, the hotel in Vegas, but rather the uh, Scout Reservation here in the uh, Delaware Valley. So uh, it's it's kind of a little wonderful uh, setup we got going for here for you here. If you're looking for any of these other episodes, I think I've already mentioned it, but just in case you you missed it, you can find them over www.caffination.com. That's caffeination.com. And now I remember that I've mentioned it, but hey, we are a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. All of the member shows have agreed to create child safe family friendly and educational stuff everybody is listed over at techpodcasts.com you owe it to yourself if you have kids in the car if you have pretty much you want to listen to podcasts and work and you don't work someplace where it doesn't really matter what you listen to uh you know you really want to kind of head on over to techpodcasts.com it's it's a group of people 
who all got together and basically kind of banded together and, and you know united under one banner of being friendly, family friendly, educational, you know, geek friendly content. So if if you're into Linux, if you're into podcasting, if you're into Macs, iPads, uh, ham radio, there's pretty much if you can geek out on it, there's a show for you over at Tech Podcast. So it's actually kind of really cool to head on over there and surf through some of the fun stuff that's listed over there. Highly suggest you actually check it out. Uh, we have a wonderful little uh, lineup here today. So geeky this week, I think I already said. I didn't even get to play with any laser cutters. It has been one solid grind all the way through the week. The only good thing is if you've been following the show for any... Uh, Length of time, you know, in November, or actually in the end of October, I was in a car accident, had surgery at the beginning of November. This is February 29th, and I am finally out of physical therapy. That that all uh, wrapped up earlier this week when the doctor released me, so that's one small step for, uh, <laughs> or one small grip for uh, for man, and, you know, whatever else you want to put in there. But, uh, you know, that's pretty much the, the the extent of news. There's not really a whole lot being geeky. Uh, we we didn't get to play any uh, video games, didn't get to do anything else. The only funny thing that's happened is my son has managed to abscond with both the iPad and the Google TV remote, so this big portable keyboard. So he'll steal the portable keyboard, he'll hide under the blankets and watch that. And at the same point in time, he's also watching a different episode of whatever he happens to be into at this point in time on the iPad. So he's monopolizing two of the three screens in the room at any one point in time. So we're, we're going to have to cut back on that. That's, that's a little, little, little out of the way, but you know. Uh, all right, uh, moving right along with the Geek Cruft section here, a show with Zay Frank. Now, I know that you may or may not have actually heard of Zay Frank. Depends on how into internet culture you were a couple years ago. Zay is a unbelievably talented uh, spokesperson. He he He's really a... a brilliantly creative man and he has done wonderful things he had this year-long thing that he just called the show with uh, zay frank and that's actually his name he he has this episodic content that comes out every day every weekday for the entire year it developed this entire cult following around the people he called sports racers he got letters from something called the league of awesomeness he, he had uh, different things that you could contribute to throughout the year it was just an unbelievable experience to be a part of as an audience member as a uh, as a person around the internet at the time so Zay has decided to take it upon himself that he will start a new show, and he's going to continue it on again. So he uh, turned to our favorite uh, uh, crowdsourcing application, Kickstarter, and started a show with Zay Frank. And basically, he has raised over $100,000 to actually keep this show up and running, and it is starting relatively quickly. I, I can't even believe how, how many different things that... Uh, how many different people have come together? So if you would like to get in on this, you can head on over there and actually check it out for his pledge as little as a dollar. You can get your name on his uh, wall of thank you. It's a, a, If you pledge $15 or more, you get a name and photo over on uh, the wall of thank you. He's done crazy things like Star.me, uh, The Color Wars of, night, of 2008. There's a whole bunch of other different little things that have happened along the way. So it's going to be a fun ride. I cannot wait to actually uh, kick in some content for that. Uh, for Color Wars, I actually can 
back, kicked in a couple of the uh, merit badge designs. So I can't wait to see exactly if there's a, a way we can get the caffeination uh, into the, the show with Zay Frank, see if we can get some fun stuff uh, heading in on, on that. But, you know, that's pretty cool. All right, the next cool little thing we have for you is here's actually a link sent in by my mother. So thanks, Mom, for this one. It's Leap Year Facts. Did you know that there was one particular year that actually had a February 30th? February 30th is commonly used as a fictitious day. It's a day that doesn't exist or it's not supposed to exist. However, those darn Swedes, apparently in February of 1700, they messed up some things and they were trying to convert to using the Gregorian calendar and uh, so they were trying to add in the leap years and they would add in extra days and things like that and they wanted to have a leap year every year for a couple years to actually catch their calendar up to the other one. So that didn't happen because there was a couple small issues and they actually missed two leap years so what they did was in 17... 12. There was actually one extra leap day added so that they had a not only a 29th of February, but they had a 30th of February as well. And then that even was uh, on that year, the 30th of February in Sweden was actually corresponding in the Julian calendar was actually corresponding to our March 11th in the Gregorian calendar. And the Swedish changeover to the Gregorian calendar was actually finally accomplished in 1753. It took them a long time to fix a calendar. And then they just omitted the last 11 days of February. So whereas it might have been really cool and there was a little while where you could have possibly been born on February 30th, uh, if you had your birthday anywhere after, you know, let's just say February 18th you just missed one whole year it's it just didn't happen for you so that's pretty kind of fun and cool uh there's a couple other fun little facts about february 30th but i actually linked you over to the wikipedia we rocked a wiki on that one and you can uh, head on over there and check that one out for yourself another fun fact sent in by my mom just because she was rocking the uh the, the funny things this week was uh funky so funky it had to be true i actually uh did not believe this when i got the first uh email from her so i went over to snopes and checked it out and sure enough it was true, just as fantastic as, as it actually seems. This has nothing to do with uh, February at all, but um, it, it says that uh, there were POWs in uh, World War II that actually helped, were helped to escape by people hiding uh, silk maps and other bits of... Uh, escape paraphernalia i guess you could say in monopoly games that were handed out and uh, there's some things that the email that she forwarded to me things like you could indicate the safe houses that were actually listed on the maps that was not true unfortunately uh, also the the markers and being indicative of which one which set of monopoly would actually have all this stuff in it was not uniformly uh, codified so it wasn't just like everybody who got a red dot in the one corner would actually get the uh, you know the, the fun little uh, Escape from Nazi Germany kit. No, no, no. There's a whole bunch of other fun little things that uh, happen along the way, and it actually seemed to be a lot more sorted and a lot more uh, disorganized than I actually thought. So it's it's kind of pretty cool. So if you actually head on over to Snopes and read the full thing, you can actually see some of the different links that to that people actually went to. There's actually an example if you actually Google it of one of the silk maps they handed out. Now they were completely generic because you know anytime you're uh, sending a, a map into an enemy internment camp or something like that, you wouldn't necessarily want to put all your safe houses on there. It's probably not a good idea. But there's a lot of other fun little tr uh, tips and trinkets that you can find along the way. 
All right. Next fun little thing we have for you. I was actually a little disappointed on our last show. We talked a little bit about something called a, uh, I can't even remember the official name for it, but this something was a laser on the tip of a Boeing 747. It actually got sent to the, uh, you know, the boneyard, this, this wonderful little uh, place where all of the... Uh, experimental planes are mothballed from the uh, U.S. Air Force and, and NASA and all the other uh, fun little uh, organizations that are here in the U.S. of A. Well, one of the fun science fiction weapons, unfortunately, got taken off the, the, the market and was put into the boneyard. However, the new, not new because it's actually been around for a while, but one of the testing weapons that's actually uh, seen a lot of play in Mass Effect and a couple other games that are out there is actually a railgun. Railguns are a reality now. They, these are particles that are these are particles and projectiles that have no explosives in them whatsoever. They're accelerated by the sheer force of magnetism and electromagnetic, and they're basically sent along a, a a giant rail, which is where there are two giant rails of opposing polarities that basically shoot a magnetic field um, in rapid succession up the rail, and actually can fire these things in incredible speeds and incredible rates. Uh, the rail gun named Blitzer, which is actually being tested by General Atomics, uh, it has a projectile that was actually designed by Boeing. This thing looks exactly like you would imagine. And the cool thing about these projectiles is that there's no propellant in them to ignite, and there's no... Um, explosives. These these are just insanely powerful. So they're basically just solid blocks of steel engineered to, to something that you couldn't even believe. So at zero degrees of elevation, that means the gun is pointed parallel to the ground. They fired one of these suckers off, and it hit muzzle velocity somewhere around 3,500 meters per second. Just to give you a little bit of a, a, a reference point, the uh, reference point for an M16 is somewhere around 900 meters per second. So this thing's firing off somewhere around Mach 8. So that's like fast as a jet. And it's shooting off all of the explosions and everything that you see in the uh, the actual pictures are just plasma created by the actual speed of this thing cutting through the air. And people have asked, you know, why isn't there rifling and stuff like that on the barrel to actually make it spin? Wouldn't the fins that are actually sticking out from the barrel of this giant lawn dart looking thing actually cause drag? But it's actually, this thing is going so fast that it actually creates a pocket of air around it. So the air is cannot get near enough to it. It heats up so much and creates like a vacuum around it. It's actually propelling itself quicker than the air can actually form around it. So the the fins actually extend outwards beyond that pocket and help to stabilize it in flight. This thing was shot out of the cannon. They actually have a video of it. You can check it out over at device.com. It went through an eighth of an inch of steel at 100 meters and then continued going with the flight path unaffected for four miles at zero degrees elevation. They said an unimpeded flight, actually putting it at no elevation, they can make it shoot at seven miles. That is insane. Do you know that the curvature of the Earth can be seen at seven miles? Did you know that if you look straight and you're standing on a perfectly flat surface, that you will lose sight of somebody else standing on a, a on a perfectly flat surface after seven miles? So the only thing that this thing is limited by is you can only shoot what you can see. That's pretty ridiculous. It's insane. So I, I, I mean, an eighth of an inch of steel, you can put a bullet through an eighth of an inch of steel, you know, with a sufficiently powerful rifle. That's not the the uh that's not the the uh 
the, the big deal here. The fact is, the big deal is when you look at this thing, there's no propellant, there's no explosive, there's nothing. It punches through the eighth of an inch of steel like it's going through paper. The flight is unaffected, and then it continues on for four miles. So if this thing was actually going to be used in the Navy, it could punch a hole clean through a warship. And basically, you know, you're going to kill a whale a couple miles away. So the, the only problem with the current versions of the gun is that you actually have to rebuild it after firing it once. So there goes the whole rapid-fire mentality. But, you know, rather than say, okay, maybe we don't need it to go four miles after the fact. And they had originally tested it with bits of uh, brick, not like the bricks like you and I would know, but they actually had, like, bits of what they call ballistic brick. So I don't know exactly what you have to do to make a ballistic brick. I'm pretty sure anytime you throw a brick, it becomes a projectile, so it could sort of be a projectile and be a ballistic. But, uh, you know, so what happens if we... We just start getting rid of old clunkers like you make a, a barrel shaped like a buick and just you know accelerate a buick down there i think that's a pretty good way to get rid of some of the old cars that are laying around somebody throws like a 67 chevy that's been wrapped around a tree i'm pretty sure you could punch that through a warship if you can get up to yeah maybe even you know a thousand miles <laughs> a thousand uh, meters per second that I, I would pay to see that <laughs> let's stop railgun accelerating really kind of sleek aerodynamic stuff let's see what we can get a school bus up to all right, next little thing that we got for you up here. This I've actually been really kind of chomping at the bit to talk about this one. This is rejected Star Wars toys. George Lucas is denying you the inflatable Emperor's throne. He's also denying you the Death Star basketball and the floating land speaker Kan Kazooie. Now, from over at io9.com, I saw a bunch of these fun things. They have cool things like I would actually buy the Training Academy class rings. They have the, the Rebel Alliance and they have the uh, everything in there. I would like to own a Death Star basketball just because I think that would be really cool. I could care less about the uh, Floating Lands Peter Kazooie. Uh, they have Inflatable Emperor's Throne. That would be awesome for the caffe- caffeination layer. Could you imagine actually having a, a, a Emperor's Throne to, to do the episodes from? It would probably squeak and make all kinds of loud noises in the microphone, but I think that'd be pretty cool. They rejected the lightsaber flashlight. This is perfectly fine because you don't need to have a lightsaber flashlight. Every flashlight is a lightsaber. Any kid will know that. They had a Darth Vader metallic chip clip with sound, so it says, I have you now. I actually really love the Yoda's Dagobah pencil sharpener. It's actually shaped like a logo, Yoda's rather hovel with a tiny little jar up at the top for uh, uh, pencils to stick out of, kind of festooned up there like so much pasta. The one that I actually think is pretty ridiculous is Han trapped in carbonite popsicle mold. So if you'd like to lick Han Solo... Don't worry, George Lucas saved you from that. However, unfortunately, he also saved you from the R2-D2 portable wet bar, the Bantha slippers, the Cloud City desk lamp, which is unbelievable, the Galactic Big Game Trophy, so you can have the the Wampas, the the Banthas, and all the other fun little things that were actually there just stuffed and mounted on a head. Han Solo trapped in carbonite mini fridge, Jabba the Hutt beanbag chair, which is actually a little bit ridiculous. And one of my favorite ones is actually the Sun Shield, and I need to find a way to actually make this. I'm going to zoom in on the actual video episode, so hopefully you'll be able to see it. But this is basically one of those foldable sunscreens that you can put out there, and it opens up to be Han, Chewie, and uh, Obi-Wan and Luke on the one side, and then it has uh, some of the, uh, the the Empire on the other. How 
awesome is that? That is that is fantastic. That is the kind of thing that that uh, Lucas needs to be focusing on when it comes to actual merchandising. I don't want to see any more of the Star Wars trash cans. I don't want to see a stupid little alarm clock that has a figure of Darth Vader that's six inches tall and has the t- time tinier than my pinky nail. He needs to get on, get working on some of the really cool stuff. And you know what? Going back to it, I would probably still buy the lightsaber flashlight. I can imagine them selling out of the lightsaber flashlight. Th- these kind of things have to happen. So we just need Think Geek to get on them, and I think we'd be able to to, to rock it out. I think that would be kind of awesome. All right, next thing that we got for you here, the interactive Super Mario coin block pendant lamp. There's a whole bunch of awesomeness that's actually strapped around this. I think we might have uh, talked about something similar to this, but I don't think I've ever actually seen this exact thing. This is a way to actually get you a, a lamp that, as you turn it on, it makes Mario's... Uh, <laughs> sounds it has all kinds of fun things it has the one-up sound i mean I, I i don't understand why it doesn't just go with the coin and maybe even find a little switch on the back to where you could hit it like a bunch of times and as soon as you hit it 10 times in a row it gives you that fun little sounder that happens after you uh hit the 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 question block 10 times in a row so it has eight cycles so you get the one-up sound there's an 11 power cord it's 75 dollars. that's the only thing and you know what i wouldn't pay 75 dollars for this i have a laser cutter in work I'm going to need to test some things out. I'm thinking of making my own little uh, question block, and I'd probably make it a little bit bigger than six inches. I'd probably make it maybe about like 10. Maybe I make it like 10 inches uh, cubed. You know, inscribe the question block on the one side. But I can I can do all the coloration and frosting later. Then I just got to work on the actual sounds. And even then, I don't even need it to have sounds. I'm pretty sure if I could just tether it from something and have a fun little uh, lamp or a low-power uh, uh, yellow LED, I think that would make an awesome little accent to the back of the caffeination layer here. All right, uh, then the next to last little thing that we're, or the last little thing that we're going to talk to you about here today in the Geek Cruft section of the Caffeination Podcast is the wonderful art of James Hance. James Hance, who is uh, of Wookiee the Chew uh, fame, actually has prints and books about. He, he's he's an unbelievable artist who like taps into. You know, childhood memories that you have, you know, things like uh, Calvin and Hobbes and uh, Winnie the Pooh and other iconic and older storytelling fabrics and narratives that we know of and mixes them with geek culture. So it's things like instead of Winnie the Pooh, it's Wookiee the Chew. So so you see a tiny little Wookiee who's dressed in the style of A.A. A. Milne's uh, Willie the Pooh, uh, Willie the Pooh, that would be pretty funny, A.A. A. A. Milne's uh, Winnie the Pooh, and it, it does like a whole bunch of other uh, fun little things, and if you see the man's prints, like he actually does a series of really, really interesting, and some of them are actually kind of disturbing, but, but in kind of an awesome way. Um, he has like a Tank Girl themed uh, Falcon Girl, uh, he has a Prince Charming and, and Cringer, which is incredibly terrifying because it is uh, Prince Charming as, as kind of like the Prince uh, photo album. And then it has, um, yeah, Adam kind of like laying there as a lounge lizard with Cringer over the side. It's a little bit disturbing. But my absolute favorite one is the newest rendition that's out there, and that is Someone Who Loves You. This is the scene from Up where the, the the two people, as they're going throughout their montage, pretty much every person over the age of, like, five was bawling at the, at the beginning of the movie. It's an unbelievable, beautiful movie, and, the, you know, it's like the story of true love, and it's matched on top of an unbelievable... Uh, 
idea of making it Han Solo and Leia. And they're just sharing that moment from the scenes that you've seen in Up as Han Solo and Leia. So you can get the prints. They're only $10, and they're available over at jameshance.com. The man is a magician. There, There's no other way around it. It is really, really beautiful art, and you owe it to yourself to have it in your very own geek lair. All right, that about wraps it up here for the Geek Cruft section. We have, unfortunately, Steve's world is silent tonight. He's not going to be here. Got a little uh, message on that while we were doing this. Uh, crickets, I tell you, nothing but crickets. That's what's in Steve's world tonight. We got we got nothing. Larry, uh, as much as I've tried to coach him throughout the process here, he doesn't really have too much to add to the whole discussion as a whole. So I could waste a little bit more of your time, but I think that it's a little bit too valuable for that. We have a couple little things in the food and caffeinated bits, and then we will head you out on your way. The first thing is a new product that I actually saw that I, I've never actually eaten at a Sonic. I, I, it's just, you know, there weren't very many around here for a while, and now that we have them, it's just we don't usually eat out. But i got to tell you, I love me some sweet potatoes. I like sweet potato fries. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the fact that they're coming out there. And now Sonic actually has sweet potato tots, tater tots, these are unbelievable. So I have no idea how they taste. I just want to know you that they're uh, just want to know you that they're out there. Just want to learn you some, so that you too can see the majesty of the sweet potato tater tots. And then we have a uh, rather interesting announcement. If you're like me and you love hot food, you love spicy food, then you might be interested to know that the world's hottest pepper is no longer the Jolokilo or the ghost pepper, which had an awesome name. And it not only beat on the fact that it had the most number of Scoville units attached to it, but it also had the most number of awesome points attached to the the uh, fun uh, an original name. I mean, the ghost pepper. I mean, how cool does that sound? There's not much beyond that. Well, I think there's something that comes out now which has already unfortunately taken the title of hottest pepper in the world by average uh, away from the ghost pepper. But now it also has taken the cool name thing as well. I now introduce to you the Trinidad Moruga Scorpion Pepper. So it's the scorpion pepper. It looks all kinds of twisted and bad in and of itself. What they do is they uh, there's a uh, this is the first ever concerted effort among scientists to actually try and nail down which pepper was really the hottest. So many things can go into actually making peppers hotter. Whether it, it, the drier the environment that they actually grow in, the more stress the peppers under, actually the more capacium that it will actually produce. Capacium is a c- chemical. It's a poison actually created that makes things hot. But you know, to our taste buds, but it's actually a deterrent to keep animals from eating the peppers. Unfortunately, they've developed into being incredibly tasty as well. So we will eat them despite the fact that they may be hot. If you really want to laugh, you should actually search on uh, on. Um YouTube. I'm going to put a link for the final thought out there on something, but uh, you can actually find an images of people eating ghost peppers and uh, you know Trinidad Moruga scorpion peppers. But average, they took an average of some pickings of 125 plants of these things, and they took the ghost peppers, the seven pot, and the they also took the uh, Trinidad Moruga scorpion pepper. You got to say the whole name. It's kind of like uh, Antonio Banderas. You don't nickname him. Tony. No, it's Antonio. So it has like this fun little roll that's off the end there. But uh, they they took the average of them. And 1.2 million Scoville units is the average. There were peppers that were in there that were actually 
two million Scoville units. They were saying that some of the research ac- researchers actually said that there were instances where they had to change gloves because the capation was actually soaking through the latex that they were actually using on their gloves and you know bleeding through into their hands. They were getting uh, they were getting it on their hands even th- despite the fact that they were actually wearing gloves. Now that is a spicy pepper. So that is about the end of that. The only thing that I have there, I want to kind of put this out there because I'm interested to see what the people who listen to the Caffeination Podcast actually think. How do you take your coffee and tea? Do you take it black? Do you take it with sugar? Do you take it with... uh with uh, cream, sugar, everything else that you can have. If you like artificial sweeteners, I'm just curious. I want to put this out to the group because I really like to kind of put together an article to, just to kind of like the state of the caffeination to see exactly how people are doing. So just shoot me an email to caffeination at gmail.com. There might be something fun in it for you at the end if I can work it out. But what we're trying to do is I just want to kind of build like the overall idea for how people actually enjoy their uh, coffee because if I'm reviewing coffee and – I personally like my coffee like I like my metal, black and strong and a little bit offensive. And what I want to do is I want to kind of make sure that I'm actually tasting the coffees and I'm actually uh, looking at the coffees in the same way that you would look at the coffee. So if you if you load things up with sugar and cream and I'm not doing that, you know, hey, you know, it, it would be a little bit of a different kind of uh taste. So I just want to kind of put that out there. I'd love to see how everybody else uh, rocks it out. Um and that's that's you know um, why I think you should choose black coffee. I think that's uh, it's the the end all and be all of it. All right, that about wraps it up here today. My final thought for you is. I'm lucky because I run a coffee podcast. I could have just as easily accidentally started a chili pepper podcast. And if I had, I might have ended up like the gentleman in this final video. This gentleman has runs a chili pepper company. And unfortunately, he tried to uh, eat a ghost pepper. And you can see the, uh, the, the wonderful thing about some of the really hottest of the hot peppers is that they build over time. So you can see the, the slow downgrade into actual madness that this gentleman uh, descends into. So I just thought it would pre- be uh, pretty fun to, to share somebody else's pain and to kind of give you a little bit of a, an advice. If you're ever going to try something that's incre- incredibly hot, water is probably the worst thing that you could actually drink. Water, water, however you say it where you are, it's the worst thing you can drink because what you're actually trying to do is you're trying to dilute the oils in capation. And water and oil, they just don't mix. In fact, it'll spread it around your mouth. So the best thing in the world for you to do is drink milk. It helps to neutralize the oils. It helps to help uh, you know level out. So since you're having something that's incredibly acidic, you want to have something that's very basic. So uh, other than trying to do something crazy like you know put a little baking soda in there, I really don't think you want to deal with that kind of fizzle, uh, especially when you're in that kind of chemical pain. So you can check out this gentleman in the final thought, and that about wraps it up here today for the Caffeination Podcast. I'd like to thank you ever so much for uh, you know sticking with us through this uh, fun and rather. Uh, a quiet episode here. I mean, Steve doesn't say much, but you know, when he's not around, it it's it's a little uh, it's a little quieter than I'm used to. So, thank you ever so much for listening, and stay caffeinated, people. <laughs>